Have you ever felt like nothing you tried was working? Like you're constantly striving for success but falling short? Well, today, we have a message from Pastor Webster, who has some incredible insights to share on strategies for success. Pastor Webster was invited to speak to a group of pastors who were seeking guidance on how to achieve success in different areas of life, be it church, family, or personal growth. He believes that the answers lie in the timeless wisdom of scriptures. So if you're ready to discover biblical strategies for success and learn how to achieve your desired aims and prosper, then you're in for a treat. What's the vision? The vision is to do what? Develop a loving community of believers. Some night of war, we on Zoom, and I listened to some of the folks that came in not too long ago, and they began to speak about Good News Baptist Church and love. How the church is such a loving church, if nothing else. And I thought, wow, that would mean that we are doing what, brother? We are achieving our vision. The vision is to develop a loving community of believers. In other words, all of us, our job, my job, is to make sure that you develop into a loving person. Now, when we develop into loving people, then what? He said, who as a result of a sincere love for God, our love for God must be sincere. A sincere love for God. And then what? He said, glorifying worship to God. When we come to worship God, our worship should be glorifying to God. And then he said something else. And a growing commitment to know him. Your pastor shouldn't be begging you to come church. Your pastor shouldn't be begging you to come to Bible study. You should be committed to knowing the word of God. You should be studying at home, reading the word of God, understanding the word of God. A growing commitment to know him and to make him known. The more you learn about him, you are learning this so that you can go and tell others. Am I making sense? And when that is done, we'll impact the community and the world. Not only that we should write it down, you should make it clear. Make what clear? Make the vision that you're writing down clear. In other words, explain it. Explain it to your leaders first. If you're going, if you're going somewhere, one of the first things that you need to do is make sure that those that are on board with you, that they understand it first. Get them to grasp it. When you got the leaders on board, then you and the leaders, after grasping it, then you go to the people, the leader and the leaders with him, and explain it to the people. Why? Because when you explain it to the people, you don't want to have leaders behind there stabbing you in your back. You don't want a friendly fire. When that is done, then everybody got an idea where we are going and what we are trying to achieve. What I love about a vision statement is that it becomes a plan process that structures the future of the church. Everything is built around it. A vision is something that can be measured. When I say that, I mean you can use it to see if you are achieving your objectives. A vision, though, must be Bible-based with God's purpose for the church as recorded in his word. In a pastor that comes up with a vision, the vision must grow from a biblical passion. Look at Nehemiah. Watch this. Look at Nehemiah chapter number 1, verse 1 down to verse number 5. I don't want to frighten you. 
but I am just doing what God asked me to do at 65. I don't know why. I'm just doing it. In Nehemiah chapter 1, reading from verse 1 on to verse number 5, turn in your Bibles and let's see something. A vision must grow from a biblical passion. The words of Nehemiah, the son of Hakaliah, and it came to pass in the month of Chislu in the 12th year, as I was in Shushan the palace, that Hanani, one of my brethren, came, he and certain men of Judah, and I asked them concerning the Jews that had escaped, which were left of captivity, and concerning Jerusalem. And they said unto me, The remnant that are left of the captivity in the province are in great affliction and reproach. He said, this is what happened. They are in great affliction and they are in reproach. He said, the walls of Jerusalem also is broken down and the gates thereof are born with fire. And it came to pass when I heard these words that I sat down and did what? Wept and mourned certain days and fasted and prayed before the God of heaven. When he heard it, he thought that when it comes to God and the things of God, that is not a good testimony. So it touched him and said, I beseech thee, O Lord, God of heaven, the great and terrible God that keepeth covenant and mercy for them that love him and observe his commandments. When Nehemiah heard the news about Judah and the people, Jerusalem and the walls, he sat down, he wept, and he mourned for days without food. Anybody at home? Compassion. Then Nehemiah prayed to the God of heaven and sought direction. He refused to depend on anyone to tell him what to do. His compassion developed into a passion for his people. That compassion drove him to come up with a plan and to execute the plan. So you go to chapter 2. And we read from verse number 11 on to verse number 18. He said, so I came to Jerusalem. Not only that this man had a vision of what was going on, he said, so I came to Jerusalem. He got up from where he was and he went to the place where this was happening to get the work done and was there three days. He said, and I rose in the night, I and some few men with me, neither told I in a man what my God had put in my heart to do in Jerusalem. Neither was there any beast with me save the beast that I rode upon. In other words, when Jeremiah went there, Jeremiah didn't say nothing to nobody. He kept it in his heart. He didn't take anybody with him when he was going to check it. Okay, verse 13. He said, and I went out by night by the gate of the valley, even before the dragon wall and to the dome port and viewed the walls of Jerusalem, which were broken down and the gates thereof were consuming fire. Then I went on to the gate of the fountain and to the king's pool, but there was no place for the beast that was under me to pass. In other words, there was so much rubbish that the horse or the donkey couldn't pass with Jeremiah. He reached to a point where he couldn't go no further. Why? Then went I up in the night by the brook and viewed the walls and turned back and entered by the gate of the valley and saw return. And the rulers knew not whither I went or what I did. Neither had I as yet told it to the Jews, not to the priests, not to the nobles, not to the rulers, not to the rest that did the work. Then said I unto them, ye see the distress that we are in, how Jerusalem lie waste and the gates thereof are born with fire. Come, let us build up the walls of Jerusalem that we be no more in reproach. Then I told him of the hand of my God, which was good upon me, as also the king's word that he had spoken unto me. And they said, let us rise up and build. 
So they strengthened their hands for the good work. Let me share one more thing with you, and I'm going to stop. Now here's a vision that served, watch this, as Nehemiah's plan. He saw everything, and here's this vision now that served as Nehemiah's plan. But, brother, how do we make this vision a reality? It's one thing to have it. But how do you really make it a reality? Notice, bear in mind that the church is not the leader or leaders. Bear in mind that. The church is known as the what? As the body. The church is known as the body. Watch this carefully. A body has several members. Each member of the body has his own function. Are you with me? Each member of the body, it would be foolish of me to try to turn upside down. I'm not going to get up. Moreover, to try to walk on my hands. That's not the purpose of my hands. That's not a purpose. My feet are there for me to stand on. A body has many members, and each member of the body has its function. How are we going to make it a reality? God has taken it upon himself. Stay with me. To do what? To equip the body with the ability to function. Hello? Not just the leader. God has taken it upon himself to equip the body with everything that is needed for the body to function. God has given each member, every member in the body, he has given each member gifts as the function in the body. And the only way that we will achieve the vision, the only way we will get from point A to point B, if the members of the body will work together to make sure that we have a function in body. Am I making sense to you? And if the members of the body are not working together, to make sure that we got a function in body, if the members are working against themselves, then guess what? The vision will not be realized. And that's what Satan wants. He wants to cripple the members so that they will not work together. Boy, God has given us gifts, and when those gifts come together, when those body parts come together, that body will function and function well. But by the way, I am not the body. For sure you in the body, it'll be very small. Hey, and none of you are the body. Guess what? All of us come together and we make up what? The body of Christ. And when we realize that we are the body of Christ, when we begin to function, there we have what? A functioning body. Can I get an amen? Anywhere you go in a church where there's a vision and they understand what should be done and the body is functioning to achieve that vision according to the word of God, nothing will stop it. Why? Because it is God who has equipped the members of the body to achieve the vision. Not the pastor. So I can stop here, but when you go home, here's what I want you to do. I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And there you are going to find, there you are going to find where God gives the gifts to the members of the body. Every member of the body has his or her gifts. And watch this carefully. We don't. I tell my wife, you good at the cooking? Let me do the preaching. What do you say? She is good at the cooking. That's what God. You're blind? So here's what I'm saying. Every member of the body of God has 
His unique gift of gifts. So we need not be worried about. And guess what? The body cannot operate without. Am I making sense to you? And God has put every one of us in the church and he has given us the gifts that we need so that we can work together to accomplish. So folks, the gift that God gave you, he gave it to you to use. Did you hear? He gave you your gift to use, but to use for who? For his glory, but for the edifying of the body. Am I making sense? Yeah, he gave, you, he gave us these gifts to use for the edifying of the body. Now, what sense would it make for me to sit down in the office and go behind a tape and preach this message for me? Would that make sense? Make no sense. But it'll make a lot of sense when I come out and I preach the message to the body. That's the gift he gave me. And it must be used for his honor, his glory. But the body must come together and use those gifts. So guess what? If Daniel is a better song leader than me, glory to God. What difference does it make? If he's a better preacher than me, hallelujah. He better be better than me. I go and he coming. You understand what I'm saying? We don't have to be fighting. There's no reason for me to keep heat on because he's better than me. Here's what I've learned from Ollie. Put them all on the top. If they don't want to stay there, they'll tumble over and break their own neck. Not try to keep them down for any reason. Put them all on the top. Speak well of everybody. Give Jack his jacket. Give him his flowers while he's living. And watch the body. Watch all the members are joined together to make the body of Christ. Are you with me? Could you imagine if 10 of us in here were the I, and all 10 of us decide, I don't like that pastor, so I ain't doing nothing. What's going to become of the church? No, nah, not dead. It won't be dead. What will become of the church? Sister Lucy, what become of the church? Ten eyes. All say they're not seen. What become of the church? The church will be blind. Blind. Is it God's fault that the church is blind? No, it's not God's fault. Why is the church blind? Because the eyes are refusing to see. We can accomplish it. We will accomplish it. But we got to understand that it can be the eye and the ear too. We will accomplish it. For the glory of God. Amen? Any question? No question. I mean, you either understood everything or else you understand nothing at all. But I believe you understood everything. Hey, folks, not that we can't do it. The beautiful thing is we will do it for the glory of God. We're going we're gonna to learn these strategies for success. And watch. We will achieve success for the glory of God. And, and when you are gone, what you would have done would still continue to live on for the glory of God. It's not about pastor. It's not about Brother Donnell. It's not about the singers. It's not about, it's not about the media. It's about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. I trust that you would have understood something about the strategy that he wants us to put in place for his glory. And by the way, let me be honest with you. Here's what you need to understand. Watch. You can't have the main vision here, and this group of soldiers got their vision, and this group of soldiers got his own vision, and that group of soldiers got their vision, and this group of soldiers got their vision. 
everyone having a different vision. You'll never be able to achieve the main vision. Here's what this group of soldiers need to do. This group of soldiers here, watch, they must develop the mission of how to get the vision accomplished. Not a vision, not a vision. Develop the mission. What are we gonna do to accomplish the vision that God has given? And if we don't understand that, then we'll never be successful. Because I'll be here trying to achieve my vision, you'll be there trying to achieve yours, and you'll be there trying to achieve yours. You do not find that in scripture. The vision, it's like, we know we gotta go church St. Peter's. The question is, how are we gonna get there? That's the mission. What? You came in what? You had a car. How you got here? You walk across. How you got here? You not stop telling lies in the church. You're not led by the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God would lead us into all truth. <laughs> you drove your Jeep, ain't true? What am I trying to say? Right. Some walk, some catch the bus. But guess what? What we had in mind, the vision was for us to be here. Watch. What we use to get here is the mission. We can use different things for us to accomplish the vision. You can use bus. You can use car. You can use bicycle. He said you could swim on the land. He says, you can use gypsy. You could use anything. But guess what? We are coming to St. Peter's to do what? To worship God. So whatever means we need to get to St. Peter's, we'll be here together to worship God. But if you change that and you say, I want to go to Dutch Quarter, you ain't going to end up St. Peter's because you're going to go to Dutch Quarter. If you say, I want to go to Sucker Garden, you have just changed the vision now to where you want to go. You're not going to end up in St. Peter's. So it has to be one vision. Yes, you're not going to achieve it. I'm 65. I'm soon going. I'm doing this for those that I would leave. It has to be one vision. And everybody must be walking to achieve one vision. Could you imagine if you ain't got that in a house and she has a vision. She has a vision of what she want to cook today. And I got different vision of what I want to cook. There's going to be a noise in the house. She's going to put on her own pot and I'm going to put on mine. Yes, she said, right? You ain't putting on no pot. Me. Just thank you so much for listening tonight. Let's develop this strategy for success. Watch. Nehemiah did it. Jeremiah did it. All of those men before Joshua did it. Moses did it. All of those men before that were leaded. They did it. God spoke to them and they developed that strategy and watch. All of those that kept on the way achieve. But those that went contrary, they did not achieve. They did not achieve the mission. Thank you for joining us today as we explored strategies for success. We hope you found value in the biblical principles and insights shared. But remember, this is just the beginning. If you're hungry for more wisdom and practical guidance on achieving success in all areas of your life, we invite you to continue this journey with us. There is so much more in store in this series on success. Join us in the next episode as we delve deeper into the strategies that can transform your life. Don't miss out on this opportunity to gain valuable knowledge and inspiration. Make sure to subscribe to our channel and turn on the notification bell so you never miss an episode. And remember to share this series with your friends and loved ones who can benefit from these powerful teachings. Together, let's unlock the door to success and live a life of purpose, abundance, and fulfillment.
Thank you once again for being with us. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode.